everybody, we have a lot to talk about today. We're talking about State of Play, Disney's reopening Lucasfilm games, Borderlands 3, all that and a whole lot more. Let's More like Sony Phony, am I right? <laughs> Got his ass. You literally wrote that down in the show notes. And I mean it forever and ever. It wasn't funny then, and it's not funny now. I think it's pretty funny. Uh, wow. This was essentially a Nintendo Direct, but for PlayStation. They had this weird... Wild hair up their ass? Because they lack original ideas? No, I was going to say because they're holding their franchises for the PS5, which is going to launch next year. But anyway, uh, there wasn't a ton there. It seems like they're focusing a lot on VR and the gimmick stuff to kind of hold people over. Because after Days Gone, and the last, who knows when the last of this part two is going to come out? I would not be surprised if they delayed that and made it a launch title. Mm. But I mean, right now, the the God of War sequel probably isn't even. That's going to be a PS5 game. The second Spider-Man game is going to be a PS5 game. They've already said that they're ready to like. This is the end of the PS4. So I don't understand the reason why they even had this state of play in the first place. But I think it's just to show off smaller stuff. It's I assume they're going to make this. I I don't know. I feel like, like I said, this is them trying to copy Nintendo's moves by keeping their fan base up to date on what they're go- they've got going on. The problem is Nintendo, they have stuff that people are legitimately like excited for. Like, hey, we're releasing this character in, in Smash, and people love that shit. They eat it up. And Reggie fils had a great way of going about it. The problem is Sony and... Microsoft lack the hardcore following that Nintendo has. So when they do shit like this, it just looks like they're copying. I don't know. It seems like they're just kind of uh, emptying their pockets before E3. Like, what what, what else is new here? What, like, this isn't the type of conference that, you know, gets us on our feet and, like, I don't know, like, you know, a room full of applause, you know, it's just, it's very, it's just, but even that's the problem because we're, we're this side of the game developers conference and PAX East. I mean, E3's not even until June. At this this point, it feels like they're blowing their load. I think honestly, these models that we see with PAX and E3, they're they're outdated as it were. They're going by the wayside because for everyone to get excited about these conferences repeatedly and hold all of your cards until then seems asinine at best. I think honestly, if you've got something to show, you want to get it out to your fan base as much as you can because all these conferences you're doing is they're becoming the next wave of Comic-Con where it's just pop culture bullshit being spewed out. Nintendo stopped a long time ago. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see E3 being a thing in the next 
two or three years, I think you're going to see more of companies doing their own events. Like, what I really like is when, and we'll talk about Mortal Kombat either in Florida, because I think I've talked about Mortal Kombat 11 on every episode. But what I was saying, what I really liked about what Mortal Kombat did, how they launched their game, they show it to your teaser trailer, and then the next month, they have a live stream event showing off the game and making it like a mini little press conference just for that game. And then, okay, we're ready to go. And now they're doing monthly things where they keep revealing characters and, and trailers. I would say... I think, oh, God. I, I think that's a... I think that's kind of where games are going to go. I feel like my favorite move of all of them right now is still the one, you know, like the Bethesda pulled off before they released Fallout 4. It's like, here's a trailer at the convention. Guess what? This game will be out in four months. You know, if it was ready, it would have been a great, yeah, great it been move. a mind-blowing move, but four months is nothing compared to some of these companies that come out, show a trailer, and we don't know when the game's going to happen, ever. That's not even counting the games that don't get made like Scalebound. And it's not even a full game. It's it's the beta. And yeah, Scalebound, they keep showing that a year or three, and then they cancel the whole thing. Yeah. All right, moving on, uh, just some quick things from State of Play. Uh, I really liked the Mortal Kombat trailer. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was interesting that it was in the State of Play because, I mean, it's not a... I thought it would be more Sony-exclusive oriented, so that was kind of a little out of place, I think. No. Yeah. Iron Man VR, honestly, is a cool concept, but probably VR. Honestly, I'm... honestly, when they when they dropped that trailer, I got really excited. At, I'm not a huge Iron Man fan, but the instant they dropped it, I was like, "Oh shit, this will be interesting." Insomniac making another superhero game. I'm on board, and like VR, I'm like, "Oh fuck you." <laughs> well, my problem with VR is, I, I mean, I'm not huge into gaming. I don't have an issue with the headset or anything like that. I just don't think the technology is there. It's just not quite there. And, like, that trailer, it was bad. Um, the voice they got to be telling me was not good. All the stuff that they were really showing wasn't actual gameplay, and then they showed, like, maybe 30 seconds of actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just it sounds so cool on paper, but they just did not execute it. How could you not be? Well, you're more versed in the, you know, OG Xbox Star Wars game. Well, yeah, but we're talking about a, a select line here. Don't even think that far back. Think about the 360 with um, Force Unleashed. Oh, yeah. Love that. Sorry. <laughs> Can you tell me you wouldn't be excited to go back and see a new one of that? One. That's second one. The second or one is bad. Maybe we can actually, or maybe we can get a, you know, an actual fucking... Uh, a group that actually wrong right the wrongs of uh, Battlefront. Yeah, I was uh, actually very surprised when I saw that, and we'll get to that in a minute with the deal. Because uh, I mean, Dice fucked us pretty good. The fact that Microsoft continues to release these games, these older Star Wars games, I, I think it's a, a weird sign. And even the fact that Bob, what is Bob? Uh, Bob Iger. Iger, that was his name, yeah. Bob Iger came out publicly and said that they don't care that Star Wars games suck. So, mm-hmm. are they really, or was he just playing it off and they're actually thinking of getting rid of EA and being like, okay, we don't want the exclusive deal anymore? I would. Oh, yeah, I would too. It, the fans don't want it, so. Because honestly, if you're going to have a, a studio that doesn't care about the source material and the quality of the games, then what's the fucking point? We can make Call of Duty every year and we'll fucking die. I just think it was put in the wrong hand. I understand the reasoning for EA because you have all these studios, but it's like, you know, Activision EA, I don't know if they would do a great job with an IP like that. They're showing it because Star Wars fans don't want a multiplayer shooter Star Wars game. Like, nope. Well, they have options. There's plenty of games like that. Could you imagine if, like, say, 
uh, the people behind, people behind Titanfall got their hands on the Star Wars franchise. No, they, they are. They're working on a game right now. Yeah. Imagine that. How excited yeah. you could be. I'm worried, yeah. I am a little worried that it's going to just be another multiplayer thing, but I feel like if they would have done that, it would have been with DICE. I don't think it would have been with Respawn. I, I really want to see what that um, Visceral Games that whole situation and that's why I think I I understand the motive of Disney to get to a company that has a bunch of studios Mm -hmm. but that company can't even keep those studios alive what are you doing? But I mean imagine on the flip side we get something like uh, you get the storytelling ability of Bethesda a rock star with Star Wars licenses there's a lot of potential out there Fuck, give it to Insomniac for all I care. Yeah, give, give it to somebody that, that is known for making big... Because they, they don't want multiplayer. They want story. And so they, that's why it is exciting because Lucasfilm made... Was a part of those big story games, Star Wars games that people love. And they have... I think if they want Star Wars to be relevant in the future for video games, they have to make these games. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Um, Nintendo is looking to release two more Switch models. Um, there's one Pro model, and then there's one more that kind of is like a 3DS. Well, pretty much what we're talking about here is on, on a level of quality. So you're going to have your base model, you know, like we got right now, which runs about MSRP $300, give or take. And then you'll get one that probably has, uh, you know, better graphics engine, uh, processing, all that which will be at a higher price point. And on the flip side of that, you get a smaller model, like a 3DS, that probably comes will come no rumble, no uh, detachable Joy-Cons, and is just kind of made to be a portable system. You want to get that? No. Mine. It's probably the Red Cross, greedy bastards. (laughs) I don't pay for it, so. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting to see. I, I I understand why Nintendo did it, and I think it's a smart move. But you're seeing it. You saw it a couple of years ago with the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Now you're seeing Nintendo kind of do these. It's half generation, half console thing. Do mm-hmm. a to a degree. I mean, for them, a lot of it's being able to move more units so you can sell more games. Oh, I would definitely get a... If, it's a, if it means it's cheaper, I would think about it, yeah. I mean, well, it, it's, it's definitely going to be cheaper. The, you have the Pro model, which will actually be more expensive, and the handheld version is going to probably end up being like $150, $175. To be honest, if I have a Switch, that's what I'm using it for. I'm not going to hook it up to my... Unless I have people over to play like Mario Kart. Well, unless I, or if I've got something that I really want a good focus on, you know, you might have to go out and buy a dock. But if I wanted to play like Breath of the Wild, I want full resolution. Well, but that, what I'm saying for me, that's not what I would use my Switch for. I can understand why you would do that because you're a huge fan of that franchise. But for me, unless I'm having people over to play Mario Kart, I'm not putting it on my TV. It's going to be my hand. I'm going to play, knock out a couple games of Rocket League while taking a shit. Like, <laughs> That, that is what my Nintendo Switch is going to be. Well, see, for me, it'll, it'll probably end up being something like playing Pokemon. So I would absolutely think about getting a, a, a cheaper handheld model of Switch. It would not bother me at all. I would actually enjoy that a lot. Exactly, and that's that's the great part about this. A lot of this is going this direction that I'd like to see from the video game companies, especially like Nintendo and Microsoft, where they're trying to be more friendly, especially towards their consumers. You know, they're willing to take the shot and put out a cheaper console because they know that not everyone's going to drop $300 on the new console. But at the same rate, they're going to sell more games as a result. Chance, would you buy a cheaper handheld Switch? I might, because I guess... Uh, the thing about me is... Uh, well, in general, it's because, like... I've never been, like, super into... Uh, the IPs of Nintendo, 
and it honestly it'd be a great way to get into them like and with the new Pokemon game coming out I just I might go ahead and do it also also the new Mario game looks fun too that I never played Odyssey yeah Odyssey is fucking awesome You're getting Cuphead. Cuphead, yeah. That, that just came out last week. So there's a lot of support behind the Switch. And I would, again, if they're going to sell it for like 175 bucks or something, yeah, I'd definitely pick it up. No question. Um, speaking of new consoles or different consoles or mid-generation consoles, Microsoft has released another Xbox One. Well, we'll be releasing another Xbox One. I was going to say. Xbox One in May. We talked about this before. So, like Nintendo, is this a good idea? To have the cheaper, get rid of the disk drive, have the cheaper console? I think ultimately it is, especially, you know, once you get that price point way down. I mean, you you pair that up with a year subscription of Games Pass. Could you imagine how good that is? Oh, yeah, it's a steal. Yeah. Yeah, you do that, and all of your games are available in the store. I mean, as long as we're not talking streaming, this is a great option. Not necessarily. I mean, I remember I was watching a uh, a video of a guy on PlayStation, no less. He actually hooked up his PlayStation 3 just to see who was still playing on the old servers for games. I watched that too. It was actually really funny. It was funny, but it was poignant. There are people out there who still can't afford the $250 consoles. Yeah, and the answer is well, across the board is we don't have the money to fucking go to the next generation, so here we are. So it really makes you think there there is a there is a group of people out there this this particular unit could appeal to. Or better yet, on, or better yet, on the flip side, could you imagine like taking your console over to a friend's house without that disc driving there? Can you imagine how much of this thing weighs? Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing we're going to talk about in this this news section, just trying to get this done for longer news. I kind of like it. Borderlands 3. The trailer. And by the time this goes up, we'll probably already know more about it. But Sparks, you're the biggest Borderlands fan I know. How are you feeling, buddy? Um, hesitantly optimistic. There's, with a lack of details out there, there's still a lot of unknowns. We've got a lot of good guesses. And there was a um, a 4chan thread a while ago that was supposedly supposed to be dead on with the details that so far are looking fairly accurate. So I'm feeling good, but there's still enough unknowns that they could throw a curveball where they make this... I don't even know. It, you know, it could turn into a multiplayer game or something like that. Um, it's supposed to be a darker storyline, less comedic, like the previous two installations being pre-sequel and two. <laughs> but at the same point, what we can relatively confirm is this also will be tying in the uh, Tales from the Borderlands Telltale Games series as canon, which is good. Oh, really? Yes. So that's re- really good. I am uh, already a little put off by that now. Why? I, I liked the tone that it had. I 
sort of had a comedic tone in the first game. In the second game, I think, is where they hit their stride. Where tonally, I enjoyed it. Tonally, that had a different writer, though. Anthony Birch came on during that time and actually served as a head writer. And his comedic style really fit the universe well. But I feel like with the advancements in the story that they made there and in the pre-sequel and in the Tales series, I think the stakes have gotten a lot higher. And I'm sure they're not going to lose. They're not going to go fucking Zack Snyder all over this bitch. You don't know, man. Who knows? <laughs> Gearbox has done some weird shit the last few years, so who knows? But, to wit, the, the trailer dropped this morning. Um, from what I can gather, our new antagonists look to be a twin set. Uh, the guesses right now is the female is the siren, and the brother has siren-like powers as a being a twin. Uh, we've got four new Vault Hunters without the DLC that'll be released eventually, I'm sure. Um, Claptrap clap isn't going anywhere. I know, but I want it back as a playable. Um, the original, the, the remaining three from the first game are going to be back. Uh, plus, Tiny Tina has now grown up. They're looking about five years, five years down the road from the previous installation. So I saw Tiny Tina in the trailer. Yep. But I think I, oh I think right now I'm going to hold my breath. Uh, PAX East is currently going on, and Gearbox's um, announcement should be tomorrow. Yeah, it'll probably already be out by the time this goes up. Well, and I think I think the trailer got leaked, and Gearbox just had to kind of lean into it. Also, in case you two didn't know, hidden in the trailer was a shift code. For loot keys and a free Gunzerker skin. Oh yeah, I saw a blinking light. Was that Morse? Or something? Okay. Those those silly bastards. Yeah, they did quite a bit in that trailer. Uh, I forgot to mention this, but uh, as of the day that we're recording, March 27th, uh, this is a, it's been one year since Far Cry 5 has been released. Ooh. Yeah! <laughs> also, we didn't announce it during our last one. It's kind of a group decision, but we're bringing the clap back. Oh, my God. Clap, clap, clap. Uh, I would expect during our next our next party chat, you can get a bit of that going on. All right, it's time to move on. We're done with the news. Cut, we're done. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Xbox, I'm going to tell you the games with gold for April. The Techno, this is a fun one. The Technomancer is available for free all month. Um, wow. It's a game that's kind of weird. It looks really weird. I kind of want to play it. So I might try it out. Outcast Second Contact is free between April 16th and May 15th. And this one I think is the most exciting. The good version of Star Wars Battlefront 2. The OG Xbox game is available from the 1st <laughs> to the 15th of April, and Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2 is available from April 16th to May 15th. Just a few deals that I saw this week for deals with gold. Uh, GTA wow. 5 Premium Online Edition is 15 bucks, which originally I think it was almost 60 or something like that. Soul Calibur 6, that didn't, that didn't come out Nope. A couple months. Yeah, it is, uh, the base game <laughs> is $19.80. If you want to get the deluxe edition, which I assume is all the extra DLC characters and all that stuff, normally that's 100 bucks. That is $53.99 right now. Wow. And, uh, let's see. I think that's it for Xbox. Now we're moving on to PlayStation. The, the, wow. This is funny, because PS Plus has uh, limited their games. They don't do PS3 games or Vita games anymore. So we only have two games for PlayStation <laughs> Plus, and that is The Surge, which is this weird Demon's Soul-style Demon Soul game, but with, like, mechs and robots from the future. 
and then Conan Exile, the survival game in the Conan universe. That is, those are the two PS Plus games this month. Wow. Couple. Who had the other one? Oh my God! Stop. Deus Ex. I like to say it's Deus Ex Machina. It means God in the Machine. Four forty. Thank you for knowing English literature. Latin. 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 Oh, God. oh God. Battlefield Five is thirty dollars again. I'm assuming that it's a push to get people to play Firestorm. And Thief. I just thought this was funny. The game that came out a few years ago. The reboot is. Oh, wow. And those are your deals for the week. And if you guys are paying attention to last week's, or not last week's, last episode, it was two weeks ago. Last time we were together, we finally decided a Game Pass game that we all <coughs> were going to do, not just chance, all of us were going to do it. <laughs> it was between DMC, Devil May Cry, and uh, Alien Isolation, DMC 1. Wait for it. Wait for it. Meh. Oh, actually, I want to be clear. We haven't completed the game yet. When we complete the game, we will do a whole episode about that game. And my review will be about the same. Meh. It's yeah. pretty edgy, pretty repetitive, with a pre- predictable... I haven't even finished it. I know how it's going to end. The Edgelords? I do like the light and dark powers and how they do different things. I like that it gives each trigger and the moves of those sides of the controller. It's kind of like that. But the plot is still convoluted and I honestly could not tell you what the hell's going on. Uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, like what I wrote down in the show notes, what if Zack Snyder was a video game? And that's pretty much what it is. It's just edge, edge, darkness, no parents, sadness, all that. Uh, I like the I like the gameplay all right. <laughs> Slow motion. I like the gameplay all right enough. Like you said, light and dark powers are cool. Like I like where you can like do the thing and like levitate people in the air to get your combo to go higher. Like I have a very high tolerance for repetitive gameplay. Like. I've been on the Assassin's Creed train since 2012, so... <laughs> what are you doing, Sparks? <laughs> like I said, I've been on the Assassin's Creed train since 2012, so repetitive gameplay doesn't bother me that much. Hell, I played Crackdowns all the way, so... Um, that's not to say that the game mechanically isn't bad. Um, I think it controls really well. Like, in, like, old, like, hardcore DMC fans are... Saying that it's not, you know, because well, they don't like the Edge Lord stuff, but they also said that they felt it was too easy to get like a triple S swing. And I understand that, but I had fun with it. I like that it's a little bit easier. <laughs> I don't need to play difficult mm-hmm. games to enjoy them. You know? No. Just look, no. Just look, look at the Arkham series. I, as much as I love God of War, the first three games are all the same. Well, all the games except the new one are pretty much the same. Sure, but the God of War games, in their defense, they're not built on chaining combos to make your score. Orbs. Orbs. So, I, I kind of look at these as more as like beat-em-ups. Your whole, your whole point is just to fucking rack your score up as high as you can. And, I, I don't know, I just... This is the kind of game I've never really enjoyed. I've played DMC four. I've played Bayonetta one and two. It's just not a type of game that appeals to me. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel that way too. Um, I I know I. It's okay if people like them, and I'm sure that they feel they're really good games. They just don't appeal to me. So uh, yeah, stick around for whatever we actually all <laughs> the game and talk about this game in depth. Um, We'll obviously have more to go on. I think I'm probably... I don't even think I'm halfway through 
The month. We've already, we've already made a decision that Alien Isolation is now. Assuming it's still there. Assuming it's still there. It's downloaded. It's on my hard drive. It's tempting, but I have not started it yet. So I'm waiting to get it. <laughs> now it's time for the main topic. Sparks thinks he's funny and put a name for it. The Subscription Wars. We're talking Google uh, Stadia. Yeah. yeah. Google Stadia was announced yeah. last week during the GDC. The GDC, yeah, and it's uh, it's it's been the start of the future of gaming, and it's all streaming. It's, it's all streaming. bullshit. Yeah, it probably feel like Google Plus or Google. Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. So yeah, let's let's talk about Google. Let's talk about Google Stadia. Um, Streaming platform, they they say out of the gate it's going to be able to stream 4K, you know, uh, 60 frames per second, and then they said that they hope to be able to one day do 8K and 120 FPS. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ! Why would you do that? Nothing exists with that. Okay, it it doesn't matter because it's going to be imperceptible to the human eye. They could literally move on to 5K and call it 8K, and you'd never know the fucking difference. I don't know about that. You definitely see a jump from 1080p to 4K. Yeah, you think you're going to see it past 4K? Probably. Yeah, you're right. You're probably not. <laughs> You'll definitely notice the frames, but I don't think you really notice the resolution. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby, those frames. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I wrote an article about it on Loudopedia.com, giving my opinions of it. Um, Chance, what did you think of the Google state? Uh, like I said before, I think it was either one podcast ago or two podcasts ago. Uh, we were talking about it, and like I said before, it almost sounds too good to be true. Like, you just subscribe to this service, open your Chrome tab, and it doesn't matter if your computer's uh crap because all the computing and all the storage is being done by the Google like the Google servers and so like they're pro they're like doing all this and all you have to do is just stream it and there's no input lag or anything like this sounds so amazing in concept but is it possible I I hope so but um It does sound like a pipe dream, and maybe I'm not sure if like our technology is where it it can do that, but maybe it is like uh, another nail in the coffin for physical media. But it sounds really interesting. Like, I hopefully it doesn't, I don't know, cause even more rifts between different types of gamers because I see this as a very PC. Um, oriented because I think the first the first thing this thing is going to come swinging at is Steam and probably in the Epic Game Store along the same lines but I I don't know man it's just can they pull it off I don't know what do you guys think you should just center on this because I'm more of a believer in the physical media itself it's stable it's tried and true yes it takes up space but it's not going to fail you. Okay, the problem with this is, and it's a very simple concept, in order to connect to the Google services, you are going to need a reliable internet connection. We're talking like fiber optic cable. And the problem is at least, I would wager to say 60% of the U.S. does not have that available. Bare minimum. I don't know. Now, because and granted they changed this last summer, but people 
long time, you couldn't download games on PlayStation app. You had to stream them. And then people like Xbox Game Pass more because you could download it. Yep. And I think that, I agree with you, I think that'll be the key, that you can actually put it on your hard drive. So if you were to, even a single, like, what's more annoying than playing a game, like, say, some Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and you're in the middle of a mission or doing something, and it drops out because you're in it? Okay, let's back that well, let's back that up even a second. You, we can all remember playing Apex not even a week ago, and the fucking la- the lag. Yeah, because everybody got the battle pass and jumped on. Yeah, exactly. What's gonna happen to, to in that situation? But I, I don't know about that as much because Google has all these servers, and that's that's kind of what they're going for with uh, Stadia. Is they're saying that developers to upres their games and make their games better. And, they need. They can utilize this like cluster of servers. Now, I, I want. I want to go ahead and point out the fun in this. <coughs> never mind. Yeah. Never mind the sweet irony of this. Remember when the Xbox One was being announced, and it said it was going to be always on, always active, the internet connection. Everybody lost their shit. Yep. How yep. are we going? How are we backtracking to that with this? But everyone's cool with it. Because there's no connect watching you. We don't want to put the money into manufacturing a console because no matter how you slice it, when you, when you produce a console, you lose money all the time. And the resources and the time, they're like, well, why would we do that when we're Google? We have all these servers. We pretty much run the internet. Why not just put the games on our platform? And I don't, I don't understand the need... Uh, and we'll get to Apple in a second, but a, a need for companies like this to get into this space. Honestly, on its face, I don't know that, first off, that whether or not Sony and Microsoft are going to be willing to play ball. Let alone Nintendo. I heard Sony is. I think that Xbox would play games more than, or would play ball more than Sony would because Xbox has shown in the last few years that I think, well, this is a broader topic that we can have a discussion about in a different episode, but I think Xbox is moving in a direction where they're trying to make a brand, and they might be moving out of the physical space. So I can see them selling services that way. So I think Xbox would probably latch up, even though Phil Spencer was like, meh, not impressed. (laughs) I could see Xbox, if, if Google Stadia were to be a successful platform, I could see Xbox becoming a part of it. Maybe not selling to, you know, like Microsoft not selling it to Google, but I could see Google contacting them to make exclusive games. But I mean, even on top of that, we just we just got an extension of cross-platform between Nintendo and Microsoft, which is, I don't know how we're underplaying it so much, because that is huge, beyond words. I don't know how I'm not I'm not even talking about Fortnite or Rocket League. I'm oh, talking about Nintendo? I'm talking about like Cuphead going to Nintendo. I'm talking about exclusives that Microsoft and Nintendo are actually like buddying up. Yeah, they're teaming up to take down Because it's better to have friends than enemies, I say. But that's because they recognize that their consumer is the number one priority. The thing in this, though, is one way or the other, you're going to have your service and you're still you're still going to be paying Sony or Microsoft to play their games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm still trying to grapple with the, the motive behind this. It's, it's hard for me to, and I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting and I thought this might be the future uh, of, of, of the platform, but I think might actually Im- I hate doing this but it seems like gamers always get divided so no there's gonna be, no. <laughs> there's gonna be a different kind of console war where it's going to be 
I don't want to play my games on Google Stadia. I want to play on Xbox or PlayStation Nintendo. I don't want to play there. And there's going to be people that like, I only play on Google Stadia or I only play on Apple Arcade because I have like a business quality internet connection or whatever. And the PC Master Race says, I don't give a shit either way. No, well, don't because they're busy fucking having Steam and the Epic Store rip each other apart. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Which makes me laugh. It's like, you guys, like, I don't have an issue with PC gaming. I've never got into it. I haven't have a controller. But, like, it is so funny how much they always talk about, like, we don't have to worry about exclusives because we play on PC, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, oh, guess there's exclusives now. Well, the problem is Steam has had such a chokehold on the PC market for so long that to see this happen is just, it's 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 unprecedented. I'm telling people to watch out for Epic Games because I think what they what they've done with Fortnite and granted, yes, the crossplay is a really cool idea, and I'm glad that you know they were one of the forefront like leaders in trying to get that to work. But with the Epic Game Store and the fact that they're only taking twelve percent, I don't know, man. I feel like they're gonna start buying up properties and turn it to their like they've been, they've been too smart and successful that I'm feeling like the shoe's gonna drop, and we're gonna, and they've already sort of done it. They did it with Metro Exodus. They did it with uh, the Outer Worlds. Well, even on top of that, once yeah. you start becoming more indie friendly, you're gonna start killing the other one. Right. I mean, this the indie market on Steam is absurd. Yeah. Why the hell would I put my game on your platform if I can put it on this one and only take a 12% cut? That's that's insane that it's 30%. But again, for the longest while, they controlled the market. A third of what you would think. Like, that's insane. Um, so, we, we have Google Stadia. Now, Apple has introduced the Apple Arcade. <laughs> The Apple Arcade is supposedly the death knell, god damn it, for the free-to-play system that you see on your t- your phone. Mm. So th- their whole their whole idea here is to curate about a hundred and so different games and send them out kind of like a, a streaming service like Games Pass monthly that people can play from these games and they'll they'll charge you you know ten bucks a month but you're not going to be paying the microtransactions. You'll be playing full games. Wow. And this is, you know, everything you'll see wow. in the iOS store, everything like that. Plus, they're talking bringing along Sega and a couple others just to really drive the nail home. Plus, it's going to be available on your phone, your tablet, and your Apple TV. Does that mean... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, does that mean I can, uh, I mean, I can uh, re-download Clash of Clans and just up may, up, upgrade my town hall all the way? <laughs> Maybe. Let's raid, boys. Elitist. I mean, Stadia literally beta tested with Odyssey and Browser. So they're they're clearly trying to go after the Sony and Microsoft money. And I I think it's interesting that Apple is going after the pay-to-win microtransaction mobile game platform. Well, definitely the the, the free-to-play. And you know what? They're going to make a lot of money for it. They're going to make money out of it. Because I guarantee that they are going to take cuts out of the transa- the microtransaction uh, of these mobile games. 
it would be stupid for them not to do that. So I'm actually okay with Apple because <coughs> I don't have any Apple products at home. I don't even have an iPhone, so it doesn't affect me at all. And I'm okay with it. Good. But that's another half of the country. Another whole sure. generation. It's another, it's another thing to pay for. It's, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not just Netflix or Hulu. It's Game Pass. It's this. Ergo, the beginning of the subscription wars. You know, you know what's amazing about this? The subscription streaming model. Ugh. You know what's amazing, though? So we've actually hit this this threshold point where there's so many subscription services, they're releasing programs that'll actually allow you to track which ones you have so you can start cutting them. <laughs> Again, way to be an opportunist, the guy that designed that app. <laughs> yep. Which you need to knock off, by the way. No, fuck Disney Plus. Fuck Apple TV Plus. Like, this stuff is just... The worst part is none of them understand doing what they hate. They are becoming a cable provider. All these guys are being becoming cable. And it's like, why can't we just play along and stop being so fucking greedy and put it in your other platforms and take the percentage? Like, I... So when I see things like you said with the stadium, that's what bothers me. Okay, is it a subscription service? Am I go- is it gonna be like YouTube where I have to buy like Stadia Red and I get fucking ads while I'm playing a video game? The way they under- the way that I understand the stadia, my limited understanding here, is it's effectively a box. That you can that you can pay for your your games pass and your PlayStation Plus. And you can play your games through this fucking box. That's it. Hopefully the controller doesn't suck. Have you not seen it? I don't know. I've seen it, but I haven't, you know, held it, obviously. It looks like a combination of the DualShock 4 and the Xbox controller. Like a weird amalgamation. Um... someone who likes to buy my games digital. I like the digital storefront. I think it's convenient. It, it, it does save space. You know, these, these, these cliches about it. But here, here's but the... I, here's, I like that. I like the fact that I can put it on a hard drive. Yeah. I don't like the idea that I have to rely on the internet connection. But here's the flip side of that. So we're going to have this where you're buying your games digitally and putting them on Google's box. I'm just going to call it a box. Fuck your stadious stupid name. Okay, so now you're putting your games on this. What are you gonna? Well, you can play your single player games. What if you wanted to play Rocket League? Are you gonna? You're gonna end up paying for Gold. You're gonna pay for PlayStation Plus. You're gonna play for Nintendo. You're not doing anything other than centralizing where your money is leaving you. Spencer downplayed it. And Phil Spencer is the most inclusive guy. He's one of the biggest people that's about cross-play and, sh- you know, everybody let's share our toys. Uh, even oh, he, yeah. yeah. Even he, like, he, he wasn't, he's like, this isn't something that we didn't see before. Like, he just wasn't impressed. He didn't sound pissed. He just sounded like their competition. Like, I don't think he ever thought, like, when Sony saw that, when Microsoft, Nintendo, with all that money and resource that Google has, I think all three of them in that moment were like, fuck this, we're not going to play with them. No, why would you? <laughs> Ubisoft, EA, Activision, they'll do it because it's another revenue stream. But yeah, those guys are, I, I think it single-handedly unified the big three to be like, no, fuck you. Because if you notice, anytime anybody tries, other than the big three competing against each other, 
if there's ever any company that tries to do anything to be a, a fourth console, they just shut it down. Here, <coughs> here, here's the worst. We have, we've been doing this for 20 plus years. We know what we're doing. We're shutting you down. Okay, here's the worst part, though. And let, let, let's think in a hyperbolic or in, in, a, in a system where you couldn't think before. So just that, let's say a naughty dog decides that they want to play ball with Google. What happens when Sony says, well, you do that, we're not going to carry Last of Us on the PlayStation Network. What's that going to do? Uh, uh, I mean, I don't think that, uh, I don't know, does Sony own It's an exclusive rights thing, yeah. Well, well, I think it's a, yeah, a couple, like, like kind of like what Insomniac does, where they, they're not attached to Sony. But it's an exclusive like, rights. Yeah. It's like, well, well, I think, I, I, I think that'd be a dumb move for Sony. Like, oh, if Google goes and goes, hey, Naughty Dog, I'm going to pay you to make a game for us. That cool? Yeah, that's cool. I don't think Sony's going to throw a bitch fit about it because, you know, The Last of Us is, has the exclusive home of being on their console and everyone who I've heard plays it loves it and would probably yeah. stab you in the neck if you said something bad about it. But that's so, the thing. Sony I, wants, to re- wants to retain exclusive rights. If The Last of Us were to go over to this fucking Google box, realistically, Sony could hold it hostage. Well, yeah, Sony's not going to let it go over there. Unless they're getting some fat stack of cash with it. They are, like, that's the thing. Nintendo and Sony are both Japanese companies. And Japanese companies are fucking ruthless. Okay? And so they're not going to let that happen. They're not going to let something like Naughty Dog or God of War go to... Which, by the way, they fucked up. Google Play. Already a thing. (laughs) I know. They fucked up. They could have just called this console the Google Play. Yep. Idiots. But we're talking about that, though. We got that. Do you think Microsoft's going to let Halo go to the fucking Google box? They let it go to the PC. Yeah, but Microsoft to Microsoft. That seems like a pretty linear movement. Play ball. I don't know. I don't, just make I don't their, own. their own. I don't, first off, I don't think this thing is a viable option to begin with. This is, in my eyes, the Google Glass of fucking video gaming. It's a neat idea. It ain't going to fucking pan out. Theoretically. Who have a lot of experience in video game and consoles. Nintendo's been in for fuck almost 40 years alone. Mm-hmm. Well, like the Nintendo company has been around since the 1800s. Yes. Yeah, the 1800s. It started out as a card company.
the Stadia will force Xbox to launch xCloud with this sooner than they anticipated? Nope. Um, so, remind me, how, how much different is xCloud compared to Games Pass? Okay. So it's basically Game Pass, but you don't have to download, right? Okay. Okay. They uh, cracked down three to create their multiplayer. They use XCloud. Oh, that's uh, why that's it was such why a was kerfuffle. Such a kerfuffle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a combination of like streaming service, but I think it's also something devs can use to tweak their game. Kind of what Google Stadia was trying to say with the devs. Mm-hmm. I think that they're not going to rush it any more than what they're doing already cuz as, as far as for me the consumer it's just it's very similar to Games Pass because Games Pass is just make sure I have the space on my hard drive and that's it. So and if you have a terabyte or even 500 gigs you can just you know delete well the funny the the great thing is is with like these save files and the cloud that they have right now is like even if you just want to delete your game down something else, beat it, go back, and you, your safe's still right there where you left it. It's just going to be, a, you know, waiting a few hours for it to download. So I think Microsoft and Sony are relatively safe for the foreseeable future. Right, and Sony has cloud saves as well. They have like uh, with your PS Plus subscription, you get so many gigs. It's kind of like the uh, Google Drive thing where you have. Uh, finally, uh, we kind of answered that with uh, Apple Arcade, but what they're trying to do is, but do we see a future where there's going to be like a Netflix for gaming more than what people already say about it, like a legitimate online streaming service for games? Isn't it called PlayStation Plus? PlayStation Now, yeah. Okay. No. Sorry, PlayStation Now. Yeah, and uh, I th- people prefer Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, Games with Gold and Game Pass are, like, a really good combo, by the way. And, uh, I don't know, I just don't think the technology that's in the average household is there yet. If I'm being honest. And a computer with, uh, you know, that's not a piece of junk. See what I'm saying with Stadia, with what Google's trying to do? They have the Google, Google Fiber, and then they just do that. I love the idea that you can, I will say that was, I thought it was really cool, was how you essentially have two streams. You have the one that you're playing, but then the other one can be ripped right to YouTube and do it that way. So now not only are they going after... Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo, now they're going after Twitch. <laughs> but it's a thing. They've gone after Twitch before, they've never been able to beat Twitch because their algorithms, they're like, Google's live streaming algorithms are not as nearly as good as Twitch. I uh, remember when, like, Twitch kind of disappeared for a minute because of Periscope, then it just came right back. Yeah. Everybody was all about Meerkat for, like, a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, mercy. The internet is so silly. And now we have stories. Not now we have... <laughs> Even YouTube has stories now. It's dumb. God. Anyway, uh, I think that is all we have for this week's episode. What do you guys think? Do you think the subscription wars are going to dominate gaming for a while? Probably. Who knows? Let us know. Like and uh, share this wherever you get it on any of your podcast services. YouTube, all that stuff, please do that. You can also follow us on social media. On Facebook, it's Underachievers Games. On Twitter, at Under A Games. And also on YouTube, Underachievers Games. I'm working on putting up another party chat. We've also got the return of the clap coming to, to YouTube. I, I thought we could do a party chat, but I feel like that's more of just a let's play. So either way, it's going to be up there. I, I am one of your hosts. It's going to be great. 
joined by Sparks and Chance. Yeah, what do we tell the people, Sparks? Game on. Oh, my God.